guys. It's uh, it's Heinz here. It's Thursday. It's Love Unlocks, where I get to chat to some awesome people who have amazing stories about how God's love has unlocked their lives. And it's brought to you by our ministry called Love Key. And at Love Key, our hearts and our focus is to minister wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. And we really believe that a healthy nation is built upon healthy families and healthy families are built upon Jesus. And that's what we want to we wanna minister to you today. And I've got an amazing guest. Uh, but before I introduce him, I just want to quickly tell you guys that we, my wife and I, are starting a thing called Let's Talk Marriage next week, Thursday, for 10 weeks each Thursday. We're going to be talking about marriage. We're going to be chatting about the foundations, the, the issues, the conflict handling, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we would love for you to join us. You can go to to Quicket uh, and also in the link in this post where you can uh, go and get those tickets and join us. It's going to be really great. And it's not just for married people. If you are single or engaged or in a serious relationship, uh, please come. The, the, the sooner you know these things, the better. So come and join us for that. Uh, today, I've got the amazing privilege to chat to an awesome man of God. He is not just a very talented singer, uh, but he's also a husband, a father, He's a producer, he is channel director for TBN, and uh, today he joins me from his house, and uh, I want to say a big welcome and a big shout out to Loiso Bala! Thank you! <laughs> welcome, bro! It's so good we to have fun. you. Thank you so much for being here, man. It's amazing. I really Thank appreciate you. it. How are nice you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, you know. I'm obviously just trying to get by uh, in the in the lockdown. I think it's go- I think it's going to feel like lockdown, even if we are on on stage one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. There's just so many rules to follow. You still have to have to be cautious. But I heard a great um, I heard a great um, sermon the other day by uh, by Robert Morris, who said that you know, be cautious, but do not fear. Yeah. And I just. That is so great because sometimes we confuse those two words. Um, they, they want to say, you know, why do you have to take all these precautions? Um, do you guys live in fear? Do you, do, do you not believe in Christ? And then there are those who are like, listen, I'm not even going to leave the house right now yeah. uh, because I'm trying to be cautious. And then you wonder whether that is fear. So, um, so I think it's a, it's something we have to come we have to come to to, to grips with, and we've got to just kind of look at our faith and say, you know, is this faith or is this fear? Yeah. And then move with that, you know. But obviously, being cautious at the same time. So it's been that, but otherwise, God has been so good. Awesome. Over these uh, over these three four months, um, I've been busier than than most times actually. Really? <laughs> wow, that's I'm I'm also yeah. actually finding that you know um people keep asking about you know how many puzzles have you built and how many books have you read and I'm like. Uh. I've had no time at all. (laughs) You are extremely busy. I mean, you've got multiple uh, groups or bands that you're part of that obviously now can't do much, but I'm sure there's planning that's that's happening. And you're channel director of of TBN and you've got all these things going. Um, And then you've got family. It must have been, this all must have been quite a lot to adapt to, to line all those things up. Yeah. No, it definitely is a lot, you know. Um, like I said, one has gotten busy in terms of work because everything has kind of moved to to virtual. Um, as TBN, we uh, we got the opportunity to, you know, to kind of minister to more people out there because people are, were obviously at home. Yeah. But 
one thing I needed I needed a little bit of getting used to was was having my kids around all the time. When I'm <laughs> <laughs> I hear then, that, bro. I hear that. Them, yeah, you know, getting them entertained. My wife has done a great job with the um, with the homeschooling. Wow. Um, I think I've kind of failed a little, but um, but we're all good now. I think now we've kind of got our stride okay. and uh, and our way of doing things, you know. Oh, so we've kind good. of going, yeah. Yeah, listen, it's been a lot of adapting, but uh, I would love to for people that maybe not know you that well, or they maybe yeah. just know you as as the singer. Um, I remember when when I was coming up in the ranks out of idols, you know, there you were. You were also kind of at the same time hitting the charts and, and going massive. And uh, we did a couple of shows together and, and you've made sure. some big changes and big shifts from, since then. So, uh, but I'd love to, I, I like starting with family and I'd yeah. love to know you, you and Jen, um, how long have you guys been married now? Wow, we've been married um, nine years, nine years this year. So October is going to be nine years. That's awesome, and, man. Well uh, done. <laughs> Congrats! You're almost so, at yeah, the so almost at the years. ten mark. <laughs> almost at the ten mark. So so next year, it, yeah. So next is going to be ten years. Got married 2011, but uh, we met in uh, in 2007. Okay. Um, I was traveling to the UK. I was doing some gigs for for um for the Nelson Mandela Foundation at the time. It was actually the big four double six six four that that took place in the UK. Yeah. Uh, um, and we happened to actually go there before, you know, before that um, to do another show in, in Norway. So we're looking for someone who could actually kind of house us. And uh, so Jen, you know, through mutual friends say, listen, I've got some space for these guys. So I um, so went to go visit and uh, I haven't left that house since. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Because uh, my, my follow up yeah. question was how long have you guys known each other or how long have you known each other before getting married? And uh, before you pop the question, but it sounds like about four or five years. Well, I think it was two, uh, probably about three years. Yeah. Okay. So about three years, and then uh, and then I popped the question. But I kind of knew, I kind of knew like within the first day that okay, cool. I think this is the woman that I want to be with. Wow. Um, awesome. It's funny, you know, because well, most of us, you know, have girlfriends before that, and and you can always kind of rank them and say, okay, cool, this one is not. <laughs> But um, but when I met my wife, it was like it was just so different, so yeah. different than anyone that I'd met before. Um, it was just a whole different feeling. I think you know where where love makes you feel anxious. Um, I just really just found my peace with her, and I just thought, wow, I think I can actually live like this. You know, this is the person I think I'm really supposed to get married to. That's and awesome. I was the last person to believe that you can meet someone and you can say this is the one. Oh wow! And I wrote love songs, and I was you know I was an R and B singer and. Yeah. Any girls sort of throwing themselves at the times. So I was like, "How do you choose one and say this?" Is <laughs> but um, but that's why you've really got to believe that you know God chose that person for you. That's so true and so necessary. When uh, mm. when when you think of Jen, what is the first word that comes to mind about who she is? I think beautiful. You know, I think um, one of the most beautiful people I know. If not the most, you know. Um, Jen, what I love about Jen is that in, in a lot of, you know, we're similar in so many ways, but we are so different in so many ways. And so, um, our personalities really sort of complement each other. Um, there are, um, there are many times when we have to, you know, come to a certain agreement and if it was somebody else it would have taken me two minutes, but with her, it takes us an hour and a half, but at least we know that once we've made that decision, that is the decision that's going to stick and that we gave it enough time uh, before we kind of got there. So, so awesome. I think we make a great partnership and, and even people know us for that, you know. That's awesome. 
and you've got two beautiful kids in your life and uh, yep. I was just showing some of those pictures there look at these beautiful beauties oh man yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, w- I would love for you to do the same thing as you did uh, like the first word that pops into your mind for for your girls oh wow Whew, what do I do okay cool let me start with <laughs> Enzi um I think Kenzie intelligent, you know. Mm. Um, Kenzie is very intelligent. She's uh, she's quick. You can't trick on many things. Um, she's also she's also honest. So 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 she can see when someone is not being honest as well. Um, and then with with Tori, you know, Tori is two years old, so she's still at the very cute stage. So mm. with her, like literally everything about her is just cute. From the way that she talks, the way that she walks, even when she's sleeping, you just look at her, <laughs> just sort of oozes this absolute cuteness you know man um so so yeah and she's just so warm just such a warm person to have around the house amazing yeah you've been uh in in quite a few industries music wise you've done lots of shows you've been in Mm. different kinds of bands Um, i know from my own experience that things don't always go according to plan uh, with live shows so i would love to know can you recall (laughs) can you recall uh, like an embarrassing moment on stage or a funny incident where, you know, you just kind of, everything went wrong or... Oh, know, man. Like <laughs> oh, man, I remember. So, uh, well, the problem was that I was not on stage and I was supposed to be on stage. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there are two specific ones, but let me speak for about the biggest one. Um, okay. It was, I think it was, I think it was called the Mzanzi Awards, um, but it was like an inaugural, an inaugural awards that um, that SABC did at the time. So you can imagine that, you know, this was a huge, huge, huge audience. Sure. Um, yeah. So, so what happened was, so what happened was, um, I actually, um, I remember there was supposed to be someone who was supposed to come to, you know, was supposed to come backstage and um and 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 get me for the performance but what happened what happened is the person didn't come my full band was there that there was even dancers mm. in the performance um so the next thing the next thing i hear was my song playing i look on the on the oh. monitor um, and the feed was coming straight from acbc and the guys literally played the whole song without me no way and we've been rehearsing we've been rehearsing for three days we are done um <sighs> That's hectic. <laughs> and the same thing kind of happened as well. Um, someone was, was supposed to come call us. We're, um, we're at a U.S. Find a Race Days, and I think it was the memorial service or the actual, the actual funeral of Bala Brothers. Oh, wow. And, um, and the guy went, the guy went, okay, we're going to start now. Please, can the Bala Brothers come up live on Supersport? Um, no one had called us. We're backstage. We had arrived there early, early in the morning. This was the afternoon already. Yeah. And so everyone started. I mean, I'm speaking to a friend of mine, and he goes, uh, a friend of mine, Alvin from Cape Town. He goes, "Yay! Aren't you supposed to be on stage?" <laughs> I'm like, "What? How do you know?" He goes, "I'm looking. They're calling you. They're calling you. They're calling." And so I mean, we run, and the guy just started the anthem just on his. I mean, I, I just on his own. Oh. And by the time we were, at, I mean, we we're gonna go on. Someone said, "Listen, why don't you go?" And I said, "Listen, one thing you don't do, you do not go there and start singing the anthem in the middle." No, you know, no. Listen, we've had, we've had enough anthem mishaps. You don't want to be, you don't want to be part of another one. Yeah. Oh, imagine, you know, Bala Brothers sing anthem halfway from Distem. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean? Bad enough, you know, messing it up. But oh, uh, man. what are we starting it? You know. But of course, a lot of controversy. So yeah. So we let the MC sing it with the people. It was very sad. Oh. 
And especially being there the whole day, you're just waiting for this one moment and then that moment passes. Oh. It, was, it was gone. Oh. You know? I'm sure some backstage manager got an earful about that one. Ish, that's not nice. I don't know. But you know what? They've got a way of always blaming it on the artist. You know uh, what I mean? That's but, true. Uh, everyone understood at the end. You oh, know? shame, man. Hectic. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. Only Twitter was brutal, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that's hectic. Yeah. You've you've performed some massive shows for big crowds. What is the, what's the biggest crowd that you can remember performing for? Wow. Well, I mean, I've done um, I've done one or two. You know, Pi um, Orlando Pirates and Chiefs <laughs> performing at the. Oh at man, the that must be amazing. So during halftime, uh, I've done a few. I've done a few rugby ones as well, like sort of doing the anthem, and then you do the, you know, the halftime entertainment. So that's about fifty to sixty thousand, eh? Yeah. For me, you know, speaking of um, speaking of singing in Hyde Park in the, you know, in London, um, that was in front of fifty-five, you know, fifty-five thousand people. Um, that was, I mean, that was that for me was massive because I was coming to an audience who didn't know mm. who I was at all, and and the sort of love that I received. I went on with a girl called Jamelia. Um, who was quite huge at the time, and we did a Stevie Wonder song, you know? Oh, wow. I received, yeah, for me, I mean, like, I received so much love that I was like, wow, I think for the first time ever in my entire career, and at, th at that time, I'd been in the industry for about 10 years, yeah. I feel okay, I could actually, I could actually do this, you know, I can go anywhere in the world, and I can actually do it. But sure. I think the biggest crowd that I've probably ever done was, um, was, was the, was the Angus Bucken one, Pretoria. Oof. Oh, of course, those, those are the, huge. The, the prayer day, <laughs> yeah, those, what was that? Almost a million again. I think they had over a yeah, million in yeah, Wimpunta yeah, and then Pretoria was yeah. another. Million. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Like yeah. So I'm praying for one in Nigeria because apparently they, they they get even bigger. Bro, yeah. I've heard about those crusades. They are massive. Yeah. People those, come there for amazing. days. Oh, yeah. sheesh. that's incredible. But I also know from my experience, even if you have a name, even if you have hits on radio. Things can sometimes yeah. go completely wrong or just be advertised badly, and then you rock up, and there are very few people. What is oh, the what is the smallest crowd that you've performed for? So um, I did a tour when I first, you know, um, when when I did my very first Christian gospel album, and uh, we arranged a tour in in Durban. So you know, obviously, I'm coming to the mindset there of ah, uh, you know, I know people are going to know me from. Uh, from my secular, uh, from my secular career, yeah, they know yeah. the gospel. They're gonna want to come and see how I do this. But you know what? It doesn't matter how big you are, if your performances are not marketed properly and yep. it's not done right, crowd so and audiences, um, that is what's going to happen. You know, people are not gonna pitch. I mean, I've seen, I've seen the biggest, um, the biggest artists, some of the biggest artists having empty venues. Um, and then you hear that no, they cancelled it because they were sick. You're like, no, yeah. because no, yeah, there was no one. There. We know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know, we know what so, really happens. Oh, so Lord. yeah, so um, so I did this church. Uh, went to go sing at a church, um, uh, Emlazi, mm. uh, um, and, and 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 it was I think it was about a 700 seater. And I was like, but where are the people? I think only about 30 people pitched, you know? Oh, know. So the promoter was like, so the promoter was like, uh, you know, maybe just go there, just treat this as the rehearsal because you've still got two other performances here in case it in. Um, even if you guys maybe just do like, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Mm. Um, so I was like, listen, we're going to do this because we don't do it for people, but we do it for the Lord, yeah. you know? 
That's and good. this is what's going to be it's going to be our moment of worship um uh, you know um and how we start this off is going to determine how we're going to end this tour yeah. so. um what was supposed to be an hours you know like an hours an hour set ended up being a three hour set i mean that place was on fire yeah you know i didn't awesome. feel empty at all because i really think that like you know once the holy spirit comes in and he fills the place he fills every single seat so good yeah, yeah. That's um, so so for the next one, it was a, it was a full house at DCC. Um, um, at the honor of uh, Jonathan Butler happened to be around, so he was like, "Listen, you know, <laughs> come and sing." I was like, "Well, that's because we're faithful on the first one." That's you amazing. Know? And the third one was in Pinamarisburg, also packed out, packed out as well. So, well, and you can you never know. I mean, like you can't. Uh, I've come to realize now that as much as you can say, you know what, I'll only stay in four or five star hotels. I'll only sing to three or 400 people that God has a way of just turning all those things around and in making you understand that this is a service that you're giving to me. You serve and you go and I will then do the rest that sometimes um, you can like one time, you know, like I went to Cape town and, and and we had so much trouble with this one gig, you know, but uh, but people came to Christ, and there's actually one specific girl who's um, you know who'd, um, whose father was a gangster, you know, mm. and she came to Christ that day, and I just felt the Lord kind of saying, this is this was the reason why I brought you here because sure. through this the whole generation and a whole generational curse, you know, wow. that's family. So that's we've got powerful. a powerful man. I mean, it is hard. I don't want to. I, I don't want to sing for nobody. You know. Mm. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know. I don't. I mean, praise. You know, praise God for people who do mission work. You know what I mean? Uh, Maybe no one yeah. give me that but to go into into a remote place for weeks, and you know where I've got to go to the river to drink water. Um, but uh, but yeah, but we've got to be ready to do whatever it is that the Lord calls us to do. So true. Oh, that's good, man. Uh, that's that's always good if you can turn something that on, on the surface seems to be not great into you know something really special. It's amazing. It's it's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset and a and a focus. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like, so looking at this pandemic as well, I think that's the sort of attitude that, I mean, like, that we should go, yeah. that we should go into it, you know? Um, the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how things are now, but I know that with my God, things are going to turn out differently, you know? And that by the end of it, God has a way of, um, of shaming the, the enemy with the very thing that it, I mean, like, that it tried to throw at you, you know, the very yeah. thing it tried to you with God as a way of just taking that and just making it into it, making it into something beautiful. They say that you know, like when they throw, when they give you a um, what is it again? A bunch of lemons. You can turn that into lemonade. Yeah. And uh, funny because God actually really does that. You know, we mm. give Him lemons, man. You know, but He always has a way of just turning that stuff into lemonade for us. That's true. So good. Yeah. What at this stage of your life? What would you say is because you've achieved so much, but I know that you are—you've got a lot in you. You've got a massive calling on your life, just from you know, from looking from the outside and having worked with you before. Mm. Uh, but what would you say at this stage is your biggest life dream that you still want to see achieved in, in your lifetime? Well, I think you know what um, with the. the I think for me, like, you know, is to, is, is to be able to, to take content. And when I say content, I'm speaking about music, um, 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 you know, whether it's through music, whether it's through, it's through video production and 
to really just kind of take that, you know, to every single end of the world because, you know, through through digital, through traditional and um, and to see kind of people getting touched, man, and people coming to Christ through all these new things yeah. that are happening. So, so good. I really feel like, you know, God is calling me into, um, into, into media ministry and obviously started that, you know, with my position at TBN. Mm. Uh, and I'd love to just see that grow and I'd love to see you know, us sort of being at the forefront of it, sort of leading that. I mean, this, what you're doing right now is absolutely beautiful, man. You know, um, the only time you'd have seen my name, if it was another, you know, a, another interview would have been from my, from my, from my laptop on a Zoom call. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that's what I still want to do, you know, like really just kind of get into something big that's going to touch a generation um, where, where crusades are not necessarily when people arrive, but mm. this could be a crusade right now happening somewhere in, um, you know, in China yeah. or like Burundi. And it's touching as many people as the big crusades that we're talking about before. So, good. so, uh, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if you can, if there's a way to get the signal out, the sound out through, you know, the, the internet airwaves from, you know, the source where the content is created to, to phones and to, I mean, it's, any, anything's possible actually right now. It's just about finding that way. And yeah, I mean, may God bless you in, in doing that. Yeah. And, but and, I think also, I mean, with that, right, so, so you know when you've got an anointing on you and, and you go somewhere and, uh, and you minister, you know, like you, you know, people, people's lives are changed because obviously of the anointing that's on your life and the fact that, you know, because of your obedience, uh, the Holy Spirit always shows up to make a difference in people's lives when you're there. It doesn't happen with everyone. You know, not everyone has got that anointing on their lives. Mm. Some, um, some people, I think they do great music. And what that music does is it touches people's, you know, touches people's lives, but no real change um, happens to them after that. Yeah. So, 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 so in, but then at the same time, if you are anointed, um, and if you're anointed and, and God works through you in the olden days, which is like two years ago, uh, <laughs> you'd have to, in you'd the, have old to normal, to, the old you'd normal, the old normal, you'd have to go to a place in order to be used. Yeah. Um, but we have the opportunity now to, um, to to package the Holy Spirit into content. So in other words, someone can say, oh, I'm going to watch a movie. Oh, I'm going to listen to that specific song. But what they don't know is that when they unwrap mm. that package, they're actually unwrapping the Holy Spirit in it. Sure. So, so the question, you know, like we need to ask ourselves is how can we package the Holy Spirit and send it, you know, like send it out. Not that we send the Holy Spirit out. Do you know what I mean? But create opportunities where, where, um, where he can touch lives through so the... Good. Uh, through the platforms that we have and through the mediums um, that we have in order to do that, you know? Yeah, and I, I, know, I know when you say package, you don't mean limit. You mean a, a sign and, and send. And, and what I'm immediately thinking of is the, in the same way that, you know, people got hold of a, a handkerchief that, that Paul touched and they got healed. You know, That's what we, it have is. To, we have to know that the God is so much bigger than our limited, you know, That's ideas right. of how things can happen. And, and we right. must trust that he can deposit that. And I, I always pray this prayer. I say, God, you, you are the creator. So th there must be so much more to creativity still to be discovered, you know. And, uh, and as I say, as, as your son, please, you know, help me understand, help me see, help me bring more of that creativity to this earth and that's what I'm hearing you guys want to do as well and I think that's awesome and may it just be so blessed and touch millions of lives man that's incredible
No, thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, speaking of creativity, and then I think, you know, to, I, don't, I don't want us to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Start losing people. You see, the God that we serve is the ultimate creator. I mean, Amen. he's called the creator even by other religions, you know? Um, um, so, and I, you know, and we are the carriers, mm. you know? Uh, we are made in the image of, um, of you know, like of that creator. So, yes. in the same way, you know, um, I don't think we necessarily create, but um, uh, but God gives us the ideas of how we can take of His creation and um, and make something new mm. and something you know like for this time and uh, and for this age. So I don't see a reason why you know Christians shouldn't be at the front of um, of of creativity. Absolutely, and thank you for saying that. Yeah. Arts, but also, but also in business as well. Creativity is needed now mm. more than more than ever. Yes. And the reason that you know you've been busier than ever before. The reason that I've I've been busier than ever before is because God has given us the. Well, first of all, I think as creatives, um, um, this is the time for us to shine and actually be creative. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's the silver. I mean, like that's the silver lining about this moment is the fact that, you know, because we're just doing the same old things um, day in, day out, and now suddenly we are forced to become what God intended us to become, which is which is creatives, you know, taking what he has done and then to, and then to make something new out of that. Um, I believe that, you know, victory, victory for us, or, or at least we're going to we're going to partake in that victory when we look to God, who is the creator and begin to ask him, Lord, mm. you know exactly how we can take this thing and to build something new, you know? Absolutely. So every time that everybody can actually do something creatively is if they, they turn to God and, um, and then depend on him to give them that power, that creative power. He is the only creator. Yeah. Do you know what so I mean? Good. All of us, we are arrangers. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's, that's a beautiful <laughs> you know? picture. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's what it is. You know, like that's who we are. Amazing. Uh, bro, I'd love for you to share your the the moment uh, that you that your life changed when you when you really decided to follow Jesus. Um, I know for some people it's gradual, for some people, it, but but a lot of us or most of us have a moment where we knew things changed, the things shifted. Um, can you share with us how how you came to be in a relationship with Jesus? Okay, cool. So I'm going to tell this in two parts because uh, for those of us who came to you know who knew Christ from a very young age, um, there's the moment when we realize, and then there's, there's the moment when they're like, okay, cool. Now I really want to be serious about this. Yeah. Uh, I've always, you know, sung gospel from a very young age, coming from a musical family. Um, so over time, I, I began, I think around about 80, 87, um, my family began to attend some, some crusades, that were happening down in, uh, you know, in the Eastern Cape where I'm from. Okay. And so we went from Utenay to go to Port Elizabeth to go and um, and attend some of these events that were happening. I think, you know, the last big revival that I that I remember was around um, was around that time, 85, 86, 87. Sure. Uh, there must have been around 1979 because a lot of people came to Christ, prominent people um, that I know came to Christ at that time. Um, so, so I went to this, you know, to this one specific crusade. It was, uh, it was a new Brighton. I was about seven years old. And, um, and because we sang, you know, they said, no, we've got, you know, um, these children from, uh, from, from Utene go are here and they're going to come and they're going to sing for us. And I went on there, you know, and we kicked butt, man. 
did a great job, of you know? You did. So when I sat down for the, listen, I'd gone to church all my life. Okay, well, six years. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole life. <laughs> all my life. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something. Every time someone preached, I never understood a thing that they said. But there was something about this guy who was preaching that day. Okay. I understood every single word and literally was interested. Probably the first time I'd ever heard anybody talk for that long. Wow. And actually, I listened for that long without, you know, like without speaking. At the end of that, as a seven-year-old, it dawned on me that I was a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, what seven-year-old would ever say? I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm a sinner, and I need Jesus in my life in order for him to change my life. I'm, I'm going to go to hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. If I don't change the way that I live, yeah, um, um, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make it. I want to be in this elite, elite group of people. So at seven years, so at seven years old, I, um, I, I, I accepted Christ. Sure. Um, it's hard to say whether my life never became the same again after that, because I didn't have much of a life before that. <laughs> so, so I knew, you know, around the, around that age, I lost my, you know, I lost my father, um, to, to, to TB, um, you know, it was, it was a different, it was a difficult childhood growing up. I had some people who really kind of took us on. Um, a, a cousin of mine uh, used to be a petrol attendant. He said, no, we can come and live with him. He was 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, and he got us, um, he actually got a scholarship. Um, no, no, actually, sorry. He won um, an award as the best petrol attendant in, uh, in, in South Africa through Shell. And because wow. of that, able to convince them to get a scholarships to the to the Dragonsburg Boys Choir. Oh my word. So so through the service of uh, through the service of somebody else. Wow. Uh, blessed, you know, to go to the school and that was obviously you know the, the beginning of a uh, of a different amazing. life than many of uh, of my of my cousins and and everyone from back home, you know, God wow. just shifted from there. Being at the Dragonsberg. Um, from there, I, I got into the industry. I'm just trying to just move forward as fast as I as I can, That's good. and had a very successful career. You know, by by 2010. Um, by 2010, I I remember there was a specific moment where I had three songs in the top hundred mm. in uh, in in South Africa. Actually, three songs in the top was the top yeah top hundred, and then two of them were in the top ten. I traveled all over the world um, singing, you know, like uh, singing with Madiba, I mean, like singing for Madiba and many other dignitaries. Um, and and I'd been on every single show. Like I'd really just sort of done it all, you know. There was one time where where I was in the UK with my brothers who were in, were in Scotland and I had a pinning deal in the US at that time. So it was, it was during then that I just kind of thought to myself, is this is this it? Like, is this what my life is? Mm. You know, is this the point? You know, yeah. was this the point of everybody having invested in who I am? Um, um, you know, people praying for me. Was this it? Am I really truly making a difference? Um, and I remember, <laughs> I remember even someone said to me, you know, you sing so well, but who are you? Wow. And I just, I don't even know who I am. Sure. You know, now at that time, I was about 30 years old. Mm. Um, usually around 30, that's the time where you start questioning a lot of things, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. You start questioning a lot of, you know, like a lot of things about your identity, who you are. You want to look back and kind of get those answers. So I thought, okay, well, you know what? Um, in my search, I am going to go to Bible school and do a year at Bible school to try and find this out, you know? 
because because I was a you know I was a Christian and that was the closest medium that I could think of. I, th- I, saw, I thought, okay, cool. I'm going to take a a course and kind of go there to find who I am and what my identity is. Let me tell you, I don't think I ever found um, the answer, answer to that question, but but I really feel like it was at that moment that my that my relationship with Christ was rekindled. Um, it was as if it was as if I accepted Him again mm. for the for the second time. Yeah, I. I, at that moment, sort of, it's like my identity didn't matter. You know, the only identity that mattered was the identity of Christ. Um, because, you know, because with Jesus in our lives, we become a new creation. So so that's the moment I decided, you know what, I'm going to leave everything behind and I'm going to pursue him, yeah. you know. And so here I am, here I am now, what, 10 years, you know, 10 years later from that moment. And my life has never been the same again. I don't know how it would have turned out if I carried on you know, um, in the direction that I was going, but, but yeah, I don't have one single regret. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, that's powerful, bro. And I, I can, I can, attest it's a long to one. The, sorry. <laughs> it's a long one. <laughs> no, that was very brief. You did it, you did it very, very brief and well. Yeah. Um, what, what I'm thinking of right now is that, you know, maybe, you know, both of us, I think, had similar experiences at some point. And, and I, th- I just want to take a moment and say to anyone out there that is pursuing success in entertainment industry or any other industry for that matter, uh, I can say something similar to what Luisa just said, is that when you reach the top when uh, in terms of human thinking, like this is like the best, this is so good, yeah, yeah. this is the biggest stage, this is the accolades, this is the all that stuff that that, that you can achieve and I've heard this testimony from, from Springboks as well. You know, that they, mm, they wow. dream, they pray, they trust, then they get there. And then, and, and this was for me the same. I, I reached one of my biggest goals in 2005. And I, and I remember being on this high from the experience and then going home alone, sitting on my bed going, was that it? You know, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought I was going to, like, it's going to change my life. And, yeah. and, and you kind of go, okay, so what is exactly what you said? What's the point? And, exactly. and I just want to, from my experience, and I can just say amen to what you're saying, bro, to anyone listening, is that you have to realize that um, significance doesn't come from success and worldly success. It comes from a relationship with God, and it comes from being obedient. And That's right. that is the best place to be because then you, then you watch God do what only He can do through you and the gifts that he's given you and you touch so many more lives. I, th- I see so many singers and artists and musicians just trying to get the next big break and they're chasing an idol, you know, <laughs> funny enough. Um, but <laughs> and, 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 uh, I, I used to do the same yeah. thing. I used to do the same thing yeah. and it's, it's, it actually, it's so tiring. You know, true, and true, it's, true. then you realize that that's not the point. And uh, but what a great story, bro! That's so powerful, and I, I really no, appreciate all, you sharing it, man. It, 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 but I think you know what? At the same time, I think God brings purpose to it. You know, um, yeah. You find you find King Solomon, the wisest man, who wrote the Proverbs. You know, um, um, brings just so much truth to you know to who God is. But then in the book of Ecclesiastes, he begins to say, "Okay, cool, well." And you can imagine that, like, that was probably later on in his life, where it's like, yes. you know, I've seen it all in the world. Like, there is nothing, mm. you know, um, there is poverty, there is, you know, there is there is being wealthy. But what is the absolute point about all of this? 
Um, but the answer you kind of get at the end is the fact that actually, you know what? There is no point. The, you know, the only person who brings um, who brings um, who brings a point to it, uh, who who brings who br- brings relevance to it, is having a relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know. Um, so so that's why I mean that's why you know John chapter four. When Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well, I mean, there are so many sermons just out of that, out of that scripture. But where he says that, you know, um, um, if you drink of, you know, like, if you drink of my drink, you'll never thirst again. Yeah. But because, you know, like the living waters that, uh, you know, that come from Jesus, it's the, it's, it always satisfies. But everything of the world, it, it never satisfies. It makes you think that you are satisfied. It, it, satisfied. It makes you think that, you know, it is quenching your thirst. But it, but it's actually not, you know. It's like you, like when you're very, very thirsty and all you want to do is drink Coke. All you're going to do is that you're going to just end up drinking more Coke. And you think you're satisfied for a little while, but then you'll end up going back Temporary and just drink fixes, more, yeah. mm. you know. So, um, so Jesus is the only one that satisfies and satisfies truly. Um, so good. And for me, you know, like having Christ in my life, I, I now enjoy those things I used to do before even more. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, because now there's a purpose. There's a purpose behind it, you know? So good. Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, so how, how is, can you tell us how that, this experience of, of coming to Christ and then later in life having this deeper uh, coming to Christ and, and stepping into deeper relationship, deeper intimacy and that defining who you are and discovering your calling. Um, you've, you know, you're doing that alongside your wife. You've got kids now. Uh, yeah. You have, you've, you've got an, uh, an industry that you're in. You've, you're running or part of running a company. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that's going on. Um, can, and, and I think those are the things that can also bog us down. It can, it can also become yeah. more important than your first love. So, yeah. uh, so I, I've kind of have a, a double barreled question is how has, have you seen God unlock so much more in your life than you can ever imagine? And then now, how do you, how do you manage all of that just on a reality day to day basis you know, <laughs> with your family? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, trying to find balance in everything that I'm doing right now. So I'll, I'll, I'll start answering the second one. It will always be, it'll always be a, a difficult thing. I think especially for someone like me, you know, mm. um, who gets a kick from doing a lot of, you know, like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but I'll get there, you know, I'll yeah. get there. I think it's a matter of always just knowing what is important, what's the most important thing. And, and you know, like in my wife, uh, you know, Jane, she brings... Um, she she brings that perspective, you know, like that perspective through, you know. She kind of keeps me, you know, level-headed. And, awesome. and and one thing else, I'll probably be all over the place, not finishing anything. I'm a creative, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mustn't forget that. Um, and 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 in terms of, you know, in terms of in terms of the family and what the family has brought, you know, into my life, I think. Um, just real support and feeling like I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not walking alone, but that, um, but that I'm walking with, you know, like there are, there's a family that I'm, that I'm walking with. Um, you know, like, I mean, and we spoke, and you spoke about this earlier on when you were, um, when you're an artist, you, you can go and do a huge, like big show, you know, 
And they sometimes get all the accolades, but at the end of the day, you feel yourself going back to your hotel room and it's like crickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, absolute, it's absolute crickets. Yeah. So, uh, if you don't so share for me, it with someone, great. Sure. The support that I've received, I mean, even just through my studies, um, a lot of things that I've done, um, I wouldn't have been able to do them at all if it wasn't, you know, like if it wasn't for them. Um, they really just kind of bring that joy to my life, whether whether I'm on stage, whether I'm at work or whether or whether I'm at home. Mm. Um, my life is just fuller, you know, like it's more filled um, with them in it. There's there are way more things, but it would probably take my whole hour to speak about. That's but I'm just remembering those two specifically. Yeah, I love it. It's great, bro. And um, on that note, um, yeah, I, I, did you listen to the president's speech last night? I um, I came back yesterday. I was actually in Cape Town. Okay, just on a on a business trip. Came back and. Um, and I, and then I was putting my my oldest daughter to you know to bed because she goes to, to to bed at about seven o'clock, and guess what, man, I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> that time, happens. That happens. Yeah, <laughs> but the time I but the time I woke up, I got like the rundown, you yeah. know, of what they're planning to open, and then obviously also about the gender-based violence, which yeah. is a huge problem it in is. our moment. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I that uh, issue is what I wanted to maybe touch on today. As well, if you if you're okay with that, um, the you know when I when I look at you and I respect about you so much is that you you know first of all you love Jesus but you love your wife well you love your children well and uh, you you're setting an example um, and I, I really appreciate that and I, I, I that's what I see in you though I mean like I see I, I was about to call you and get some pointers you know. <laughs> <laughs> There. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's yeah. you know by God's grace and by great great leaders in my life that that you know yeah. we can be where we are, um, and right. I, and I think that's kind of what I want to get to is, you know, what what I I appreciate what the president said on the one hand that he pointed out this issue, um, I uh, my my sense was also kind of sad in a way that we're not addressing the root issue. And you know we're talking about the we're talking about the symptoms of a greater problem. We are we are seeing gender-based violence, and it's it's horrific. It's something that should not be happening. But mm. we're not really. He didn't really speak about why and and how how we're going to address this. Uh, it was it was more about you know calling it out when it's happening, uh, seeking help when it's happening, or, and that's necessary. I'm not saying it's not necessary. Those things should happen. But how do we, how do we, how are we part of a solution where that doesn't happen in the next generation? And I would love to hear, I have my thoughts, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how do we raise up men and families that where this is going to happen less and less as we go forward? Because I don't think the problem is alcoholism in itself and that, that men are violent. I think it's because they haven't been fathered well. They haven't been yeah. trained well. They haven't been trained well. And that needs to also change. Yes, we can we can try to talk about the behavioral things, but there's a bigger issue behind that. And, uh, mm. you know, we come from different worlds in this one nation. We come from different worlds. Yeah. And so I would just love for you to, I want to listen to to your perspective and, and what you think is a is a real solution to this, this crisis. Well, I mean, gender-based violence, as you know, it has been there um, mm. for for a very long time. Growing up, you know, 
just from where I'm from, I used to see it happening all the time. And, you know, sure. um, people would say, especially the the older folk that say, I mean, like even the ladies used to say, yeah, no, if he doesn't beat me, he doesn't, he doesn't love me. Wow. You know? Yo. Uh, I, I never understood it because I was never, you know, I was never like a fighter. I never mm. thought that. I never thought that that's a way to, you know, like to solve, you know, to solve, to solve any problems. Um, but obviously we're not talking about fighting now. We're talking about, you know, about abuse. Mm. So, 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 so I'm going to talk about it from, you know, from my perspective. Um, I don't think, I don't think that the, 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 the root cause there is one. I think there are many aspects, you know, like I think there are many aspects to it. Um, mm. Our history play, plays a role. Um, you spoke about fatherlessness as well, plays a role. Um, I think the kind of um, leaders that we have and also people who are exemplary in our lives, that also sort of plays a role. And I don't think that one can, you know, like can fix it w w with one answer. Um, but I do but I do feel that there, there definitely is a root, you know, definitely is a, is a root cause, you know, a root cause to it. Um, that needs to be that needs to be addressed, but at the same time, that doesn't um, that doesn't say that you know the perpetrators or those who are you know like who are involved in in uh, in in doing this crime don't have a choice to not do it. So I really no, think that course. you know we can definitely in terms of the punishment, yeah. the punishment can definitely be harsher. Just yeah. in case someone starts to think about it, they can actually remember to what happened to the last guy. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and as you know, you know, in our communities, if, uh, if the law doesn't take its course, the people take the law into their own hands, you know? And, um, and I think for the government to show that they, 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 they have control, do you know what I mean? Of the situation yeah. is, is that the courts need to, you know, need to act quicker. And, um, and we need to kind of put our, put, put our resources towards, you know, like towards fixing this problem. But at the same time, you know, um, we need to reach out to 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 you know to all the leaders in society you know whether it's religious leaders um a psychologist and and try to go to the absolute root you know like to the uh, to try and get to the root of it you know put up um i think it's a great idea that you have maybe um just you know just in the same way now that you have a council that's looking at the you know like at the virus and we've got scientists and so on maybe there needs to be some sort of a council that's going to um, to to map out the reasons behind this because it can't you know like it can't carry on. We can only I'm 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 a father to girls. Do you mm, know what I mean? Sure. Only do so much, but I need men to also to also pull up their socks and to do something about this. Yeah. Uh, because my girls, you know, like I want my girls to to grow up in a society that's going to be that's going to be that's going to be safe. You know. Um, so yeah. So so it's absolutely like it's of absolute importance. And um, and yeah, we need, we need to pray. <laughs> we, need we need wisdom. To pray. We need but lots you know, of wisdom. The thing is, I can also say all these things. I can also say all these things, but also know that there is only one answer, and I'm, you know, it's Jesus. Amen. <laughs> So I was waiting. I was waiting for you to get there. <laughs> I mean, I can give all the reasons, you know, and I guess everything else would really just sort of tame it. But that's why, for us to know Christ, we need to pray and we need to just keep on doing what we've yeah. been doing along, which is uh, which is taking Jesus to the world. Amen. I mean, you you lost your father at an early age, and, yeah. Uh, and I th I'm 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 gonna make an assumption now. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. 
but knowing Jesus from an early age and having people around you that that were good examples are probably the main reasons that you were able to to become a good father yourself. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think right. that if if those two things are, are missing in someone's life, it they have so much more of an uphill battle to to become that. Because you normally become what you're exposed to and what what the example is that you see. And and I think there that's why I say fatherlessness is I think one of the main uh, root causes. Absolutely. Because if there's no good biological father or father figure in your life that is telling you this is how you treat a woman this is how you handle marriage this is how you work with your finances you know um, you can enjoy alcohol but you don't abuse it whatever the case might be there's there's things that my dad taught me that i just like this is how it is because he taught me yeah you know and 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 if that's missing so looking at our looking at our history let's look at that do you know what i mean like you know from the where does it actually really, where does it actually really come from, you know? Um, and this is really just, um, just you know, just my assumption. Um, in terms of the, in terms of the black family, um, in the, in the 70s and, you know, like in the 80s, people had to, you know, a lot of fathers had to leave their homes mm. to, uh, to go and work either in Johannesburg or work in the mines yeah. um, or work in firms. And they would literally just come back home maybe for two weeks and then leave again. Um, that's something that's called fathers, the fatherlessness. I'm not saying that women, you know, um, there's some, there's some, there's something that fathers can do that mothers can't. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes. But I also believe in, um, I believe in, in, in the fact that, you know, there is, there is power, that there's power in those roles, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Uh, um, and, 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 and the reason you, you know, like you find, you find a beautiful partnership between mothers and fathers is because, you know, both of them are really, really good in certain things. And sometimes God can bless one with everything, you know? So, um, so I really feel that like maybe to, it's also because, um, because of our history, our history robbed us of that. And because of that, you know, there were boys who had to, mm. who had to be fathers who didn't know anything about that. Yeah. You know, about what fatherhood is and how to become a father and had to be harsh and and had to go and work at a very young age so i think our history has definitely had a um a, a big a big influence into into that but it okay. still does not say that us as this generation cannot fix it yeah i think this is this is something that you know some people will probably still misunderstand what i'm trying to say when i say this but i i believe that when you see you know, evil happen. There's always a reason why it's happening. It's not an excuse, and we can't excuse. Yes. We can't excuse the behavior, but That's we can. Right. But we can find out what is the reason. And if someone was was raised in a situation where they had no father, or their father was abusive and alcoholic, and that was his example, and he then falls into the same pattern, then you can understand to a way why that happened. But yes. now we have to go, okay, so how do we address that? And, and if we have, you know, not if we have this history of, you know, fatherlessness that was kind of institutionalized almost because of just the situation, yeah. then we, there's a cycle now that has repeated itself over two, three generations. And I th- I th- so maybe the question we need to ask ourselves is, how do we, how do we address that? How do we how do we uh, train young boys that maybe still don't have a father figure? How do we do that? Do we have a big brother system? Do we, 
you know, have special uh, training camps. I don't know. But <laughs> there's, there must be a way yeah. that we can positively influence a generation so that we see less of this going forward. And I, I mean, I heard that the, the, there are some practical things happening already. That's good. But I'm hearing mostly preventative things, uh, not, not, you know, looking at a, at a cure for, for, the, for the long haul. But anyway, I, I just I wanted to chat to you about that because I think it's important, and I, and I, th I thank no, you for your. Know, I've heard even a few politicians just saying, "You know what? Have we neglected the boy child?" Yeah. Now you know the first time I heard about the girl child was uh, through the campaign. You know, take a girl child to school, but um, but I think at the same time we do actually need to you know need to ask ourselves that question. Actually, you know, Jen usually says that you know a, a lot as well. You know, the fact that have we have we neglected the boy? The boy child. Mm, sure. Uh, we need to ask ourselves those questions. And maybe it's up to us, Heinz. It's up to it's up to you and me to to do programs, you know, for um, for boys and yeah, and see. Uh, on on Youth Day this week, my my heart was was so just broken, man. I I, I had the there were these four small boys that that walked past our house and they were begging. Um, they were colored boys from Makassar, and they had these little. Uh, carts that they built themselves they were riding on and they were just asking for food and they ranged between 13 and 10 years old and I just started talking to them and asking about their story and you know all four of them has their dads are in prison mm. and their, their moms uh, struggle to find work they, their clothes are tattered they uh, are dirty they they say they go to school but now they can't go to school at the moment mm -hmm. and and I just my heart just broke and I I felt so overwhelmed by, you know, how, how, how can I help? How can I fix this? You know, I try to get a number I can call them on or get an address they couldn't tell me. Um, and, you know, I could give them food and some warm clothes, but um, that is a momentary fix. And just I prayed for them. I wept with them. And that, that's what I could do. But I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God that, that there's more that, that we can do to, to heal the hurts of the past for more than just, because I've got a responsibility for my own family and I want to do that well. And, yeah. I, and I, have a, I have limited capacity. But if, if a lot of us that love God and love our wives and our children can get together and, and maybe put our things together, you know, there might be a way that we can reach more. So, you know what? So, um, so I, I attended a, um, it was like a soccer tournament. A friend of mine, um, uh, Byron Levi, he lives in, in Bishop Levis, mm. you know, uh, actually what the area is called, but there by Bishop Levis. Obviously, you know, gang infested area. Yeah. And three years ago, three years ago, his brother was shot um, through a crossfire. Sure. They, they didn't even mean to shoot him. Oh. Um, um, and, and Byron, and literally, literally just down the road from his house. Sure. Um, and so and so when he saw that, you know, they, they, it was a drive-by. These guys were driving. They're trying to shoot somebody else. They shot his brother. His brother fell down, mm -hmm. and and so Byron started running. Held this guy in his hand. You know, held his brother in his hands. But but, but his brother had already passed. Yeah. You know, um, at that time, his older, you know, his older brother, and, and and they were both still very young at the time. You know, um, so so he, I mean, like he's from, you know, his family do do okay. But um, but but none of us are are are, are immune to crime or yeah. 
or you know or, or, or to what's happening like for instance for those who are like you know many people are losing their jobs right now mm. and trust me if you don't think that that's going to affect you i mean like that, that, that that's that's going to affect you in the future it definitely will may not be yeah. now maybe next week and maybe in a month it may be in a year's time you know when other people suffer eventually you're going to suffer as well you sure. know so um so what byron has what byron has done is that um he started a foundation where he actually um because i was saying i went to a soccer tournament right just mm. so foundation where on that same street he does like um um they do like a um he teaches kids you know like um how to play how to play soccer football whatever you want to call it and then um once a year they have like this big tournament where all these kids from um from from the area who've now been put into teams then come and they compete for a prize mm. you know so so i asked byron i said why do you do this because i went there you know to go and support him and to obviously speak to the kids and he says you know because I know that when these kids, I mean, like uh, by these kids being here and playing in these streets, I mean, like here in front of my streets, they are dodging a bullet elsewhere. Yeah. You know? So, so in terms of, in terms of what can we do? Sure. Now, I know that we all want to do great things, but some of us have been called to do something different. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. But what we can do is to support the people that God has called to serve these communities. You know? Yeah. So, words it's all good and well for you on the first of december since it's aids you know like it's AIDS day to say yeah no today i'm going to do something to bring awareness of hiv and aids but uh, god has ordained people to work on on uh, on 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 i mean well, well now that i'm speaking about hiv and aids right on aids uh, on hiv and aids awareness for the entire year yeah so we have to wait for for the president to speak about you know like gender-based violence and suddenly want to do something and we're like what can we do but actually god has already ordained people to run with organizations that you know like that fight gender-based violence for the entire year so, so i think good. what we should do is to try and get their names um yeah. and uh, pray walk you know like walk with them um try and understand what they're doing support them you know financially of course and um and be there to serve whenever they are having um any 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 sort of outreaches or whatever say hey listen how can i serve should i sure. you know should i bring some soup mm-hmm. should i bring some bread um because god has already ordained people to do that sort of stuff just because you you know you have a passion for the gospel doesn't necessarily mean that you should sing or preach but god has ordained people to do that so yeah. go and support in their ministry and i promise you right now the reward will be exactly the same that's so good yeah I love, I love that and i think that makes a lot of sense don't try and reinvent the wheel you know someone is already maybe doing that good work that you want to yeah. be a part of that's great advice i love that yeah. um we're almost on the hour uh do you have a do you, <laughs> i have one more big question for you do you have a few more minutes is, okay. yeah yeah all right so in, in the beginning of 2018 um I wrote a song that that I felt was just a download from heaven uh, called It's Time. And yeah. I phoned you up and I phoned Neville D up. And I just had this picture in my mind that if, if I can sing a song about unity with a black brother and a brown brother, then maybe we can, you know, shift the atmosphere a little in this nation. That's and, right. Uh, Obviously, the same with gender-based violence. It's not a new issue. Racism mm-hmm. is not a new issue. Our country has struggled with it for decades. And, you know, we've, we're seeing all these things happening in the States. I, I really believe that the church being, you know, being the church of Christ, people that believe in Jesus, we, we need to step up and be part of the solution. Um, 
And I would love to just hear from you, brother, from once again, you know, we're in the same country, but we come from different worlds. Yeah. And, we've, and we've talked about this a few times. And it's always so great to to just listen and 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 learn more. Um, and I just want I would love to for you to just uh, share from your heart how how can we as the church, no matter where we come from, what what background, how can we be part of the the solution in in this whole race issue that's even still very prevalent in our own nation? Well, I mean, I think it's a it's it's a hard one. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's a hard one to answer, but. Um, I think, first of all, you know, speaking about it's time, uh, it's time is about us coming together and finding a solution to the problems that we are facing, yeah. or at least that our communities are, are facing at this time. Um, you know, where, where there's unity, the Bible says, you know, God commands, God commands a blessing. Um, even the Bible says, you know, like how beautiful is it when brothers and sisters come together sure, yeah. you know, in, um, in, in unity. And we know that the power of God is um is 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 revealed even more when we come together yeah. uh, in uh you know in agreement to to what he says and what it, and what it is that he wants to do um so so i think the first thing that we need to do is that we need to step into each other's shoes okay you know we need to be the hands and feet of uh, of Christ and just step into each other's shoes and say, okay, cool, you know what? I um i put off everything that i am and i'm going to just put on Christ you know jesus says that there is neither that there is either Jew nor Greek, there is either Gentile, you know, mm. there's either Korean or Africans, um, there's, so good. you know, but all are one, <laughs> but all are one in Christ. Amen. Um, how much of your of your pain have you let go? How much of um, of you know like of who you are have you let go in order to be to be Christ and fully Christ? Um, this life is about dying to self and it's about living in Christ. It's about the moment when John says it's about me decreasing so that he can increase. Mm. Uh, in inside of me um the the point of you know like the point of identity it is a hard one many of us are struggling with it i think even those you know are called <laughs> you know even even white folks are, are sometimes struggle with the fact that it's like but i feel south african but why do they keep on calling me european yeah. uh, you know what i mean yeah. um so, so all of us have that, and and there are all these obviously labels that we keep on giving, th that we keep on giving each other. And all I want to say is that you know, if your brother is hurting, hurt with them. Mm. You know, sure. um, don't don't see it as an attack on you because because they're hurting. You know, I always I always tell my kids, I'm like, you know what? If someone has done something wrong, um, let's say they weren't looking and did something wrong, and suddenly they fall and and cry, don't say, well, you shouldn't have been walking there. You cry with them first, yeah. or whatever, you, know, you try and calm them down, and then later on you can come back to the issue. You know, sure, um, people are people are hurting at this time. You know, hashtag Black Lives Matter mm. because it is and it is a reality. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some yes, you know, like all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. But um, as one um, as one preacher said, he said, yeah. But the thing is, you know, if your leg is is hurting you know the whole body works in order to fix that leg mm. you know the arm doesn't say oh well but i also you know um but i also matter because i still have to pick up stuff and whatever wow, do you know what i mean good. So when good. someone is hurting yeah. you've got to attention to them sure. whether you think it's justified or it's not justified you know we yeah. can deal with stuff and we can debate stuff later i'm seeing way too many debates on the line <laughs> you know with people saying yeah well you know is it legit or not that's not the point if you yeah. are alive Christian, you will hurt with your brothers and sisters when they're hurting, you know? Um, 
So, so I think like I'll leave it with that. You know, we can discuss later the merits of um, of what's happening right now. But I think right now people are hurting, and all they need is just for you. It's just for you to show them love. Wow, that's awesome. And just on a practical note, what does that what does that love look like? I think sometimes people just don't know how to. How, how do I love my 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 black brown Chinese Indian brother on the other side that I can see there's pain, but I don't understand it. So, but how do I, how do I put myself in their shoes, like you said, and, and mourn with them so that we can mm. get healing? How does, what does that look like? Do you think? I think that love probably comes in the word called serve, you know? Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, like, it's as simple as that, you know, okay. you know, to serve, um, uh, serve beats even the, you know, service and serving someone beats even the the feeling of feeling like, you know, today I I don't like you that much. You know, yeah. it's sort of saying, listen, I'm going to serve you in any way that I can. Is there anything that I can do with you? You know, Jesus says that, you know, um, he said, he said, he said, you know, the, the, the one who serves the other becomes the greater, you know. And your commandment I give to you is that you love one another mm. as I loved you. So good. Uh, you know, when people see you doing this, they'll know that you are my disciples. So, um, so sometimes we think that we are being Christ because we are we are throwing scriptures at people. Yeah. But just say that you know, mm-hmm. the one who knows the most scriptures becomes my disciple. Says the one who loves the other one. Uh, that is, you know, like that is who I am. Sure. Uh, you know, Jesus healed them all, although only one came back to say to say thank you. Yeah. But took that healing back. You know. So I think. So I think we need to love without without wanting anything back and even if it means and if and even if it means that it compromises who we are back to identity now again yeah. you know but the fact that it doesn't matter what it is we're going to just keep on loving others we're going to keep on reaching out we're going to keep on trying to understand mm. you know other people and where they're from and we will not we will not think twice before saying sorry for things that we've done sure you know and if it means that I say sorry to you seven, seven, eight times, you know, and we also will also will not will not stop forgiving because Jesus says that, you know, don't ever stop to stop forgiving. Comes to you seven times or seven times, seven times. Uh, you're going to have to just say sorry. Sure. I mean, like, you know, you're going to have to just keep on forgiving. Yeah. It's it, listen, it's not going to be forever. It's a short life on this earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sooner or later, all this stuff will be over and. We'll all be under one one umbrella, that's you know, which is the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I so agree with you, bro. And I, you know, I I come from white privilege, and I'm hearing all these <laughs> things and seeing all these things, and and I, you know, from spending time with you and Neville, and uh, I for about two years now, I've become good friends with uh, a Nigerian pastor, and just you know, hearing, listening. And, and, and immersing myself into another viewpoint has just been so good. And, and mm. I, I, can, I can just say that I've, I've got so much more to learn and to, and to understand. And I still have, I know I still have preconceived ideas. But I think... I think with all of us, you know. Yeah, but I think we it's all need to, yeah. you know, we need to, the same way we need to put a, a, something in front of our mouths before we speak and try and listen, we should put something in front of our preconceived ideas, our cultural glasses we wear, and just say, you know what, when I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation, I'm a citizen of heaven, so my culture is now actually from heaven, 
And yeah. you know, I grew up in this culture, but yeah. in my new nature, I've got a different culture. And in this culture, we're we're all one, even though we look different. We are all mm -hmm. one. And uh, sure. I, I always talk about this, but it's so so important for me. You know, Jesus, when he prays in, you refer to, uh, I think it's John 13, where he says, you know, I give you a new commandment, love one another. This is how the world will know that you are my yeah. disciples, by how you love yeah. one another. Yeah. And then in John 17, Jesus prays to the Father and he passionately, repeatedly asks that the Father make his disciples that were to come one as he and the Father are one. Yeah. And then yeah. he says something profound and he says it twice. He says, let them be one as you and I are one, so that the world may know that you sent me. And he yeah. says it again. So the lack of unity in the church, race boundaries, denominational boundaries, class boundaries, that division is actually causing us to, to be less effective in sharing the gospel evil. with the world. <laughs> it is evil. It is not of God. You and, know? Absolutely. So, and we actually need to set the example. If, if we as the church of God, who are new creations with filled with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, can't get across these boundaries, then who will? You know, True. We need to set that example. And yeah, bro, I just want to, I just want to honor you and thank you for, for being my brother and loving me and uh, and I want to do my best going forward to love you and uh, and just be part of the the solution and uh, so thank you for for being here today and sharing your heart and your thoughts I really appreciate it so much no thank you thank you Hans you're such a seriously you're such a great example man you know um, to all of us and and I've been seeing your growth as well just over the years and it's just beautiful, you know, to see what God is doing inside of you, you know. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah. Can I ask right. just uh, as we end off that you would pray for those watching and listening and uh, and just for our nation, uh, for these things we're facing, that, that that we would just have wisdom and guidance and that God yeah. would be with us. And then I will end off by, by praying for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for who you are in our lives. You are still the King of Kings. You are still the Lord of Lords. Mm. Lord, the God, Father, God, who is in control of every single aspect of our lives, Lord Jesus. And so, Father God, uh, right now, I just want to pray, Lord, just for our nation, Father God, Lord, because I know that you, Lord, haven't given up, that the, mm. that the, that the, that the latter is still going to be so much better than the former. Yeah. So we pray your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit that changes everything. Um, we pray, Father God, Lord, that you will build into our, heart, uh, into our hearts who you are, Lord, that your love will fill every single aspect, Father God, of who we are. We pray for our leaders, that you will lead them and guide them, Lord. Yes. And we pray that even for our children, Father God, that their future will even be brighter, Father God, Lord, than our future. Yes. We thank you that the Lord and we surrender to you today, every single part of who we are, so that you can gain control, that as we decrease, that you increase in yes. Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for Luiso, his wife, Jen, his beautiful daughters, their ministry, their businesses, uh, TBN, all these things that they are busy with. Lord, I just pray today that you will bless them, strengthen them, and guide them. I thank you that you will shower them with wisdom. I thank you that you will take Luiso and his platform and his influence from glory to glory and strength to strength and, and that he, he, him and his wife will be blessed in their marriage, that they will be an example, a, a help, and a guide to others 
and in their parenting as well, that they will be blessed and highly favored and, and also be an example to, to so many others. Lord, I thank you that, that you have called him for a time such as this and that he will walk out in the fullness of that calling and the plans and the dreams that you've put in his heart, that that will come to pass. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Bro, thank you so Amen. much for your time and uh, for you. being on this today. I really appreciate thank it. You. Uh, I'm no, just going awesome. to say goodbye to the people here on the other side. Hey, guys, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today, for being part of Love Unlocks. I really appreciate it. This was such a great conversation and one that we should probably continue. Uh, so I, 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 I might get him back. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for being here. Tomorrow, I'm chatting to an amazing guy called Hilton Peterson, who Luisa actually introduced me to. He uh, comes from humble beginnings, but has become a very successful businessman and has started a project called the Jesus Collective. And I would love for you to hear his story because it's so powerful. So please join us again tomorrow at one. And please remember to share this with as many people as possible. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.